Hi, everybody, and welcome to Dice Hooligans, the Vermin Guard campaign. We left on a huge cliffhanger last episode. Toby's exploded. Federax is here. Things are going nuts. Uh, but in spite of all that, there is a beacon of hope. We have a new player with us today, and that is Justin. Justin, welcome back. You've made it from being on the uh, on the ancillary, the, the side story game, and now you're on the main po- podcast. How does it feel to be hitting in the big leagues? It feels real good. I'm real excited about it. You made it. You've, you've moved up onto the, the, starting, the starting bench. <laughs> uh, so before we start, uh, give me a little, wh- what's your character? Who are you? Who are you playing? I am playing an African bullfinch. African. An Irish bullfinch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the difference between an African swallow and a European, and a European swallow. swallow. It's their uh, laden capacity. Exactly. <laughs> I am an Irish bullfinch named Killian Dunn. I am of the Rhymer class, which means I'm kind of bardic. And uh, I'm also of the Sparrow Nest, which means I'm one of the few types of birds that has true flight abilities. Oh, so you can actually fly. Yeah, I fly 30 feet um, per uh, per fighting round. <laughs> per per flying. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So is it, do you, do you, can you like carry stuff? I imagine not much. Uh, I can carry normally what's on my person, so like normal inventory weight, but right, not like a whole other person. Yeah, maybe uh, like maybe like a Bjorn-sized person. Oh, okay. Well, maybe we'll see how that works out. <laughs> um, all right. So, Killian. Yes, we're gonna jump right in here. Breezewell had been your home, Killian, for sixteen years. Today, sure it was, today it was under attack. When the ships arrived just outside a port, flying the flags of Federax, you were just as stunned as the rest of the town. It was quiet at first. No one really knew what to think. But then the rain had started. So, where did you live in Breezewell? Um, I lived near, uh, in the inn, uh, which I do know the name. I just have to pull that up because I have all my notes written down. Ah, let's see. Uh, the name of the inn... As per what we were talking about, is oh, Lanta. There's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to see how you get, where you get out of this. Uh, ah, the Stern Chaser. That's what it was. <laughs> the Stern Chaser. Yes. <laughs> I wanted you to find it because I, I like that name. Um, so you li- you live in the in a room in the 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 Stern Chaser. Yes. Yeah, so when I first made my home on the island, um, I was taken in as a young one and the owner of the inn, Meredith, uh, she said, here, you stay here and work your way to a living. And here we are, 16 years later, and I sing and play the lute and the pan flute for weary travelers to breeze well. I like it. Well, you're not doing so much of that today. So, you watched as a ship, one of the King's Own Navy got shot out of the water, blown to bits by some sort of spell by one of these rat ships. Things moved quickly then. Defenses were built. Orders were given. What did you do during this time? (sighs) It was a bit of a wild day. Um, 
I saw people that I'd known my whole life uh, run into action that I'd never seen them uh, in ways they've never seen them act before. Captain Ursa took on more than just a slight uh, head of guard duty, and uh, <laughs> Sergeant Scotty was going wild with all these extra things. And oh, do you mean Smitty? Smitty, or, that one, or, or Snotty? <laughs> snotty, Snotty, as we. <laughs> As we found out, yeah. Okay, so you... But these are people that you've known for a long time, and now you're watching this sort of, you know, defense of this fishing town, this harbor town. Yeah, well, it it was definitely interesting to start because we... we, I've had um, some experience with battle. I wouldn't say that I'm a soldier uh, at any means, but um, I was ready and willing to fight, and... Ursa put me on evacuation duty. So I was um, evacuating as best I could. Excellent. So you remember a group of individuals coming into town claiming to be part of Vermingard. They claimed that they were in the company of Weiler, a member of Vermingard. So what was Killian's uh, sort of introduction to Vermingard. What what was his or what is your sort of feelings towards that group? Um, I definitely have a bit of um, I wouldn't say awe is the right word, but appreciation for the original Vermingard. Um, they did something I was not able to do. Um, the dog who took me in as a child um, he was killed um, by Federax. Not his forces! By Federax. Specifically. Specifically. Oh. Um, and the Vermingard did what I was not allowed to do. I would have been uh, right up on the front lines with them, but unfortunately I was too young of a child. So where does that put you at age-wise now? I'm about 26 years old, 27. Gotcha. So, so, you, so you were about 10 years old yes. when that happened. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So it wasn't just that they were in the company of Weiler. It's that he had been on this island this entire time, apparently. That he had arrived in Gilligrod not more than a year after you did, in fact. That the individual that you knew as Duke had actually been Weiler all along. And that was as surprising to you as I'm sure it was to everybody else. Oh, well, yes. We shared drinks before in the in the in and I felt like I knew Duke but here we are so during your time here at the at Breezewell especially during the siege you know things were hectic and stressed and then the unthinkable happened the Federax army the armies of Federax showed up at your door and the siege had begun now you were put on duty to uh, evacuate the individuals. So they everybody was kind of stashed back in the last line of defense, the last um, harbor gate line right. is where everybody was being kept. And you remember during this fight, as you were getting everybody huddled back, a ship came into view and it was helmed by Roger the Rager. You saw them enter into harbor. You saw that ship arrive along with 
two others who were holding the line. So now it was time to escape the city. You, there was a, a feel of excitement, like, hey, you know, this things were looking pretty bad. How were you feeling during all this? I think uh, a bit of um, a bit of anxiety, for sure, um, but also um, a rush. It it was, <laughs> I mean, in the in the most. Um, Primal way, it was exhilarating. Um, I mean, and terrifying at the same time, you know? Right. Well, so you remember this moment and you remember the sound. You remember the sound of that giant rat ogre that had climbed the wall and had found its way on top of on top of the gate. And you remember how you had been there at that moment. Did you run towards the rat ogre, or did you stay behind? Um, as it fell, or as it reached the top? As it reached the top, were you one of the defenders? Uh, no, I was still following orders of of getting the women and children away for at the moment. So as you see this, and this is a little bit, probably as close to the actual fighting as you you got momentarily, like up until that point because it had breached the final wall, it had gotten up to the top of the, the defenses, and it was threatening to, to take down the civilians that you had been put in charge of. As this had happened, you were ushering people across this wall to get away from the, the creature when some sort of swing it made, something collided with the structure of the wall itself, and you felt yourself toppled over the wall. You didn't get hurt or anything. You were more startled than anything else. With your wings, you were able to sort of drift down into a a sort of soft crash landing back down in this alleyway. And and you looked up and you found yourself now on the other side of the wall. You were away from the rest of the civilians, from the rest of the soldiers. But from your angle, you were looking up on top and you could see the fight break out on top with this rat ogre and these members of Vermingard. You watched as the spells were fired from the cat called CJ, and you watched as Roger and Weiler, these two heroes that you had heard about so long ago, just, you know, fighting side by side with these these other individuals, a, a, a Boston Terrier with a giant hammer and a, a small dog with, with daggers and a crossbow and a, a very, very smartly dressed Italian cat... <laughs> you know, stabbing at this creature and you're sort of awestruck for a moment. And then the creature died and it fell. And as you stand to get your bearings to find your way back up, you hear a bang. The front doors, the main gates of the city had been broken through. You feel a hand grab you from the shadows behind you. And as you turn to look, you see someone you recognize. You see a golden a golden doodle by the name of Grayson, a soldier that had been stationed at Breezewell. You had known him for many years. You and him actually didn't get along all that well. He thought you didn't take things too serious, and you thought he took things too serious. But he puts a finger, a claw, to his lips in a shushing noise as he pulls you back down the alleyway. And you feel it in your chest. You feel something. 
Slowly, he pulls you back down this alleyway. The air around you feels thick and cloying, as if suddenly a raging inferno had enveloped the buildings around you. From your alleyway, you see a wave of sickly green smoke move across the cobblestones of the main street before turning down your hiding spot to fill every available space. Grayson stifles a yelp as it hits your feet and travels up your legs, lapping up at your torso and long tendrils, almost enticing or inciting you to dip your head beneath its surface, a maddening urge to see what terrible, beautiful madness waited below its swirling, dancing facade. A host of shadows, their movements muffled by both the rain and the smoke, enter the city. Grayson's grip tightens around his sword, and his eyes dart to you, Killian, filled with the same realization you feel inside your heart. Federax was here. His voice thunders in your ears and tears at your heart, a mixture of heroic and comforting tied together with malice and hate stitched with a shaky hand. Ah, Wyler, Roger, so good to see some familiar faces. Words are exchanged. You stand there, frozen in fear, knowing that your next move might be your last. Suddenly, a scream Something that cuts through the rain, the thunder, the smoke, the fear. Killian, it's an otherworldly cry that drips with pain, sadness, shame, hate. But one emotion that climbs to the top of the hill, standing tall and powerful above all others. Rage. The next few moments are a blur. Figures move in the smoke, steel is drawn, and weapons clash. But from your point of view... You can't see anything. What do you do? I turn to Grayson and say, <laughs> in for a penny? And then <laughs> pull my rapier and walk back towards the sounds. Are you going to be trying to be sneaky? Um, yeah. All right. Go ahead and give me a sneak check. And I'm going to go ahead and give you advantage because there's some things happening. All right. And that's just normal D20 plus regular? Uh, yeah. So if you have advantage, you roll it twice. So you And you take the highest result. <laughs> well, I'm hoping the second result is higher than that. Uh, okay. So my first roll was a natural one. Oh, Lord. And my second roll was a dirty 20. A dirty 20. Hey, you know what? I'll take it. So you creep up down this alleyway, and each step you take, you watch as your legs move through the smoke, and it's it's magical in the sense that the, the rain above you isn't doing anything to dissipate it, and your movements don't cause it to swirl any way that it normally would be otherwise. You outside stimulus has nothing to do with the movements of this smoke. And as you slowly creep forward, you can see just how close you are to all of these things happening, how close you are to these creatures, these followers of Federax. The smoke and the rain and the dark and the and everything combined exaggerates their already grotesque features to make them look like something out of the scariest children's story. 
from your spot now, you can see the fight. Two figures engaged in the complicated dance of battle. You're confused at first. This is not the Federax you remember all those years ago. In fact, this dog looks oddly familiar to you. The shocking realization grabs you by the throat as you see Ace, the leader of Vermingard, the hero who died saving Pugmire against Federax. But there he is, wreathed in green smoke, a long jagged hole torn between both sides of his armor. His sword cuts arcs through the air after a much shorter opponent, Roger the Rager, shirtless and frothing, his twin axes a blur of speed. You can make out sort of a conversation as the two fight, if you could call it that. It's mostly Federax and his constant chatter. Glad to see the fight hasn't left you yet, Roger. Ace fought hard as well. A normal dog would have been killed by your sword thrust alone, let alone the hundreds of feet down that cavern. It just goes to show how truly remarkable Ace was. As we both sat inside this broken body wrestling for control, the healing magic I managed to siphon out and use kept us in a sort of limbo, a space among death and life. He fought me for five long years, trying to keep control long enough for the body to die and for me to be trapped with no living host. But in the end, he gave up. The fight rages on, the exchanges are quick and brutal, with Roger seemingly having the upper hand. There's not one move that Federax can do that surprises the dachshund. But despite that, Roger seems to be tiring. Each wound inflicted by Roger seems to heal up in a matter of moments, stitched shut by green flames. Roger, however, only gets more and more wounded, until finally, his left hand goes limp and the axe clangs to the floor, a grimace set upon his face. Roger, I must say you had me terribly worried. Had you been ten years younger, (laughs) this might have played out a little differently. You can feel the others, the Watchers, growing restless, as they can sense that the time was coming. Suddenly an explosion. Federak's throat has been cut by Roger and all hell breaks loose. What do you do? I pulled my rapier and just swing it at whatever's next to me. I assume at this point there's n- nobody's seen me still. Yes, no one has seen you. So you, you step out of your, your hiding spot. You just give a good stab. Yeah. Go ahead, roll roll for an attack. Alright, attack. Um, does an 18 hit? 18 definitely hits. By all means, roll damage. Right. Uh, Eleven. Damn, nice. So you you pop out of this corner and you just stab uh, at whatever whoever it was. You weren't sure what it is. Even to this day, <laughs> you don't know what you stabbed. It was some follower of Federax, but in the fu- the smoke and, and the confusion, you you don't know what it was. Was this the first thing you've ever killed, or have you killed before? Um, this is definitely the first thing I've killed. Um, I've fought, like, I've sparred with, um, or, sorry, the first, um, person that I've killed. Like, I've definitely hunted and on the island and stuff, but never... Well, for the rest of Killian's life, you 
Killian does not know who the first person you killed was. It was just in the, the heat of the moment. But as you do, you feel it. You feel the, the sword sink in the flesh. You hear the cry. And as you do, all those shadows in the fog and the smoke become to become clearer as the smoke fades away because Federax is moving back amongst his army. Things become clearer. An explosion rocks out onto the ocean. That's the explosion that you had heard earlier. So this giant mushroom cloud of smoke billows into the sky. You feel another arm, a hand grab your arm as Grayson behind you begins pulling you towards the ships. I turn back and look at him and say, no, I need to go. He killed my father. He looks at you sort of sadly before turning back and sprinting. As he's rushing away, you can hear the sound of hoofbeats. One of the Boston, the, the Boston Terrier that had been with Vermingard was suddenly on the back of a horse and careening towards Roger, who, who stands about ready to face an onslaught of Federax's followers. Give me a perception check, please. I'm sorry. Notice. <laughs> 23. Perfect. Federax glides on his magical smoke through the crowd, taking him, ushering him through behind this impenetrable wall of smoke that the rest of his army begins pouring through. From your position standing, you can no longer see him. Where he's at, you're sure, is back towards the main gates. <sighs> is is you said everything is uh, is moving back with him? No, just the smoke. The rest of the rat army is starting to seep out through the the city. So now they're they have been distracted by this fight. Now they no longer need to worry about that, and they are setting about their pillaging and their plundering and their Got killing. It. But then look, uh, uh, with the, uh, with my notice check, um, do I also, re- do I realize anything else? Like, are, are there any other soldiers still around that are from Breezewell? Or is so, it just the rats? There are some soldiers. The ones who were still on the wall when this was happening, they're fighting. There were some others that were still stuck outside that had been... Uh, They're putting up a defense, but it's not long, if you know what I mean. There's not that many of them, and there are quite a few rats. Um, okay, last question. Is how how far am I from Federax? Um, I'd probably put you at about 100 feet at least. Struggling internally, um, Killian is, is... grasped by trying to see if he can run to confront him or if it's better to to live another day and I think through it all I, I turn and decide that it's better to live another day and come back to it alright so you're gonna head towards the ships yeah alright so you find that the street where you're at you that moment of hesitation was just enough for these enemy soldiers to uh, block your path towards the harbor. Joyous. Alright, who's first? The first creature to come at you 
is this gnarled looking uh, weasel. You can only assume it's it's definitely part of the weasel family, maybe a ferret or a stoat, something. But it now resembles more of a cat snake, I guess is the best way to put it. It's long neck and limbs. It's It sort of comes at you in this weird, uh, <laughs> you know, how ferrets just sort of wiggle. Mm-hmm. It, picture that, but sort of a, a ferret that's probably about six and a half feet tall and definitely covered in scales and weeping sores running at you with a uh, like a, a chipped cr- uh, scimitar. And he's going to make a slash at you. Yeah. Does a 14 hit. A 14 hits on the dot. Oof. So he slashes at you and gets you right on the wing for six damage. You dink? I um, I used my fast talk trick because I realized um, there's a few more than I can deal with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I turn and say, oh, you think that's going to hurt me? Um, and just kind of let loose a barrage of words. Um, Are you an insult comic? <laughs> <laughs> you snake. Mm, look, I'm a snake. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I let loose that fast talk, which uh, that creature must def- uh, make a charisma check. Oh, great. Difficulty is 10 plus the target's wisdom modifier. Oh, I make the... Wait. I make the charisma check. You okay. Make, so what's the the wisdom modifier for that snake thing? For the... It, I'm going to go ahead and say it has zero. <laughs> so I have to be a 10. I got a 21. Wow. Uh, so wow. it is now incapacitated till the next turn. And I check my wing and I decide to take flight to All right. just run. Okay, so you you take off. You you just you just fly straight up. Um, so you get above the city and the, the there is a storm raging around you still. The winds are kicking you about something fierce. And as you you, you stop for a moment as you get you get 30 feet up into the sky and you can start seeing things as you're slowly uh, gaining altitude going up and up and up and you you look down at the city below you, and you can see that these this horde of Federax moves through the city much like his smoke did, filling in all available space. You can see torches being flung as your city burns. You can hear the screams and the shouts and the clang of steel below you, and you see the ships making their way out into the harbor. In fact, there's only one last ship still within the walls, and it's already heading towards that gate. As you get higher and you, you're, you're squinting your eyes to look through through all the rain and, and the wind, you hear dull thuds as you look down and you see these two massive balls of writhing rats careen into the walls of Breezewell and slowly begin pulling themselves up the vertical surface until they crash down below sending more waves of gnashing teeth and scratching claws onto the city. 
Go ahead and give me an athletics check, please. Okay. How does a 15 do? Pretty well. You... I assume you're heading towards the ships? Yes. You feel yourself kicked and punched by these strong winds. You're knocked around worse than you ever have been. Never in your life would you have ever flown into a, a storm like this. This is... It's, it's terrible, and you can feel the wound on your wing starting to, starting to weigh on you. And you find your way out into the open water. Below you, you can't see the, the, dark, the dark skies, the clouds, the, the flashes of lightning, the, the waves and the, the, the rain going sideways. It's just a cacophony of, of different senses and sensations. And, and for a moment, you're lost. You don't know which way up is and which way down is. You don't know if you're heading towards the sky or the sea when an enormous, shining, bright beam of green light envelops you. And you fall from the sky. Oh, no, no, no. (laughs) Every... (laughs) All right. Dante, CJ, Gordon... So all of you are on the back of the wave robber, having just escaped from Breezewell. You see the flag of Federax hoisted up over the walls. And CJ, you felt your knapsack rumbling. And as you reached inside, you pulled out the Federax totem. And a green burst of light shot forth from it and into the sky. Oh. And as you all stand there, (laughs) staring at this light, everyone give me a notice check. (laughs) There's a rumbling in my rucksack. (coughs) There's a rumbling. (laughs) The rumbling. Rumbling. 18 for Dante. That notice is wisdom based, right? Yes. Okay, yeah, 18. 18. Hey! 22. Natty nice. 20. Nice. Okay, well, that makes this scene all the better. All three of you guys watch as a bird <laughs> flies out of the sky and lands on the deck right next to you. Huh. <laughs> Is the bird, like, in one piece? Oh, let me, let me, let me rephrase this. A bird person. Okay, <laughs> is, so the, yeah. is the bird person in one piece? <laughs> So all of you, it's he he hits the the deck, and it's not just a solid like thunk. The wind had had caught his body in such a way that he's thrown into it. Yes, it was not a soft landing, but it definitely wasn't one that would have killed him. He's sort of battered around by the winds until finally getting rested upon your the deck. He looks to be in one piece. Yes, uh, is he breathing? That's a different story. Uh, I'm gonna look at Dante and kind of motion towards um, the bird person and slowly make my way towards him with my hammer. Like, all right, do birds just... Dante do has his compass out and is accompanying Gordon. So I, uh, well, I've seen many strange things today, but uh, this is yet one more. I'm going to put my hammer down and like uh, check for vitals. Okay, go ahead and give me a uh, give me a medicine check. Also, I didn't state this, but I also followed suit. <laughs> medicine. Dante is going to keep his cutlass 
trained on this. What would uh, the roll be? Uh, uh, sorry, it's healing, so that would be wisdom. I do believe. Yeah, I got a ten. Okay, like he's you know he's not dead. Like at the very bare minimum, you can feel a pulse, but you have no idea his state of health. Hey. Hmm. Hey. Hey. Slap hey. him harder. See what happens. Yeah, like move him around a little bit. He's not. I've tried. I'm giving it everything. My wing swats up and smacks. My wing swats up and smacks the. Tombstone hand that's hitting driver. me. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back and I'm gonna get into one of those poses that that Bjorn taught me, <laughs> and just stare at yep. him. And he's right there next to you with it in that same pose. Yeah. <laughs> I guess uh, I guess Killian sits up. Killian sits up and uh, kind of looks around very confused. I'm going to grab this my hammer. This is definitely not the sky I was in. Aren't birds uh, supposed to be able to fly? And, and say, who are you? <laughs> well... Killian Who Dunn. are you? At your service. I believe he just said so. Uh, uh, scusi, buongiorno, passero. Uh, you are... Um, uh, where did you come from except the sky? We got that part down. I, at this point, do I recognize them? Yes, so it's all come back to you, like the, the days, the confusion. You now recognize all of them as the uh, the ones who would call themselves uh, Vermingard. You're the new Vermingard. You see Dante just put his cutlass back in and scowl at that comment and walk away. I'm going to follow... Touchy subject, I'm follow, What's your... I, you just... Dante. Dante. Uh, oh. I'm going to follow... I'm so sorry. It's been a day. <laughs> Gordon's kind of going through The it. other guy with this strange accent, the SE. <laughs> yeah. Dante did... Okay, he literally just fell from the sky... He, and after what we just battle. went, he's a bird. Yeah, yeah, sure. Okay, he's a bird. I'm a dog. You're a cat. We saw a bunch of things that were fighting for Federax. How do we know if he is on our side? Is he that what you're from, saying? Yeah, he fell from the sky. He's okay. Perhaps I should tell you something. He is a pasero, a, um, uh, a sparrow. If it helps, uh, you don't know him. If oh, it helps, sorry. if it helps, I, I do know Duke. Nobody's you know Duke. talking to you, nerd. What? Wait, who's it? Duke? Oh. Uh, oh. All right, wait, fine. Dante walks back over. Excuse me, signore. I'm going to ask one question, and you want to be completely honest about this. What is your feelings on Fedrax? I want to slice his throat out. He killed my father. Well, works for me. And Dante puts a cutlass, or... Uh, well, hold on. Steps back. Can he be useful? What do you do other than fall instead of fly like a normal bird? Oh, um, many a thing, you know. Uh, I, I pull my loot from my back which, to check to see if it's still good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, surprisingly it is. <laughs> so you have a flute. You. No, a, a, it's a, a loot. Loot. It's got the strings on it. The flute you, go, you puff in the air for it. The Sorry, you, you, you wiggle the fingers. Um, a lot of this doesn't make any sense to me. No, no, he's, 
let me guess. Uh, you are a entertainer or a, a jungler, a, a rhymer, maybe? That one. Oh, Someone... you're an entertainer? I'm so sorry, Who's we already fruit? have a clown. And I point towards Gordon. Ah, uh, ha, ha. Ah, uh, ha, ha, ha. I'm so sorry. And I, I, I turn and look at, at CJ and I say, well, I can do this, too. <laughs> I just aim off the side of the boat mm-hmm. and shoot an Eldric blast. I'm just no. going to stare at CJ. I'm just going to look at her and smile. Her jaw has been dropped, and then she looks over at him. No, no, there is. There is one. <laughs> there is one person that I can, that, that I can do that here, uh, and that is Now me. there's two. No, no. Now there's two. While this is going on, Dante, who is kind of like down and like really upset, starts to get a little bit of a smirk and just watches the exchange. Congratulations, you're hired. No! No! Is, uh, is uh, Killian still on the ground? Is that your name, Killian? I've, I've stood up at this point. But yeah, uh, yeah uh, Killian is the, the name. Killian, I'm not your service. I'm going to go ahead and walk up to you. See, my, my name's Gordon. I'm going to lift up your cheeks, look in the side of your mouth, see if you have all your teeth. Check out your beak. Birds don't have teeth. <laughs> Any teeth. That's weird. You could have you, teeth. Could you fucking imagine, though? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to open up your eyelids, see if your pupils dilate normally. Um, go ahead. What are you doing? Just checking them for suspicious activity. Um, yes, keep well, looking. I... I'm sure there's something else in there. Yeah, uh, maybe another Elgic Blast. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> All right. Killian? Ka- Killian? <laughs> yeah. That's my name. Uh, well, my name's Gordon. I don't care anymore. Um... I guess welcome to the the wave robber. No, hold on. No, no. How did you get from How the far sky? does your Eldritch Blast go? Shut up. How did you get from the sky to here? What what circumstances have led you to this point? Because we know nothing That's about CJ. you other you than you really, can kind of do an Eldritch Blast. Really you doesn't have like a people. Loot. Especially people who can do things better than her. Yeah. Um. <laughs> hey. Um. I turn and look at, at CJ, and I say, well, I uh, was uh, spent most of the siege helping get people off the island um, to an extent. I uh, saw Roger fighting Federax, mm-hmm. and um, then I flew away, <laughs> and uh, suddenly green light hit me, and I woke up on a boat. That's strange, but not suspicious. So I'm okay with you being here? I don't know. I don't know. You don't seem nefarious. You just seem dumb. And better than her. Um, I'm sorry, it is uh, Killian. Killian Don, you say? That is correct. My name is Dante Ilvalatse. Welcome to the Welcome to the wave robber. The Capitano there is a, a, a fish eye. You may want to introduce yourself to him. Uh, I will let the others introduce themselves. And as far as suspicious nature, trust me, you see all sorts of people these days say things and they have hidden meanings. So you're welcome to the club. Right. And just walks away. Goran's going like, right, to slope down. Are we going to talk about that, dude? Not now? Oh, I should read the room. Okay, not now. 
All right. <laughs> uh, so there you go. So Killian, you stand there with all your new found shipmates. You, uh, a small dog comes walking up to you. He's golden haired. He has a sweet red bandana on. Uh, he, he comes up to you and he goes, you are a bird. I, I, I am. I know a bird. I'm friends with a bird. Do you know him? Um, what's his name? Swack. Uh, you know, I do not know Swack, but I'm sure we'd be fast friends. Maybe not. (laughs) But my name's Bjorn. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, Bjorn. I'm Killian. Yeah, I'm kind of the big cheese on this boat, so, uh, if you need anything, you talk to me. Sounds good. Are you, uh, able to procure any wine for me? <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let me see what I can do. And he, uh, he turns Not around. going to happen! <laughs> and he, he walks away. Uh, so, you are ushered by the captain who is sailing the ship. He, he is uh, at the helm of the ship. And he, he motions for you to come over. And he says... Just getting new crewmates falling from the sky. Yeah, better than a stowaway, right? <laughs> the name's Fisheye. Killian, nice to meet you, Fisheye. I'm gonna need you to do me a favor. Uh, yes? Nobody who enters my ship can pass without paying tribute to the sea. So I'm gonna need you to make tribute before we are off in earnest. Unfortunately, things are a bit dire at the moment. And we're going to have to do this as we go. So make it quick. All right. Um, <laughs> I, I do know what that means because I'm uh, I was a sailor. So I, I walk out to uh, the side of the boat um, and I pull up my loot and begin to strum it. Mm-hmm. And as I do, <laughs> I just let out a, a small stanza. My mother told me someday I would buy galleys with good oars sail to distant shores. And I taught, I, my offering is the song for the sea. All right. So Fisheye, he regards you for a moment and just sort of nods slightly. So all of you, give me a notice check, please. 14 for Dante. 11 for Gordon. 13 for CJ. 18, 13. All right. You guys all see it. So this whole conversation, these things were happening in the midst of a storm. Literally, you guys had just gotten away from Breezewell and were were out to open water when Killian fell from the sky. The scene around you had not changed. The waves were still raging. The sky above you was still torrenting. It was. It's still in a very very dark scene. Fish helm or fish eye at the helm, doing everything he can to keep the ship on course. Now, a little bit of a, uh, for what you guys see on the ship with you. 
on the ship with you are obviously the lot of you, plus Fisheye and Bjorn, and Roger, who was taken below deck uh, and is now resting for a moment. But Weiler is not on the ship with you. Neither is... Uh, <clears throat> neither are Gretchen and her two brothers. Now, Dante, you remember seeing them get on another ship. You remember as you were doing your best to get everybody protected to to allow everyone to board their ships. You remember seeing them entering the, the one before you. So you know that they got out of the city. What you also notice is that those ships, while larger, were able to handle the ocean storm a little bit better than yours. Getting out of the city was a little bit more tricky, especially because being the last ship, you're now on track to run into the defenders of Federax's navy, those that are coming in to intercept. So, uh, what Dante is, you know, after, well, before and partially during and then after this encounter is going to be making sure, working with Fisheye to make sure that we have the ship moving as quickly as possible for those who do have sailing experience, make sure that they're at the right stations and try to eke out every possible sail we can to get distance. First of all, getting out of the storm and getting away from any of Federax's ships that are trailing us. You know, it's in sort of a bad spot where you're at right now because they're not trailing you. They're no. heading towards you. Right. All right. So... Fisheye yeah. and you sort of like the two of you are now in this conversation trying to figure things out. There you go. So you are in charge of the navigation role. So you get advantage on all navigation roles. So I'm going to go ahead and have you do that. Make a navigation check, please. So that would be, I believe we were doing wisdom. Right. Uh, with, uh, I'm sorry, you said advantage on that one? Correct. Oh, I'm really happy about that. <laughs> Uh, 16. 16. 16. Yeah. So you looking at the way that things are set up, the rest of the ships are sailing towards the mainland, but now you have Federax's armada in between you and them. They're already giving chase to them. And now several ships have turned around to face you. Uh, you count three. And these are not massive galleons. They are built for war and they are heading towards your ship. Now, you know if you were to head east, northeast, you would eventually get to the Monarchy's mouth. But before that, you'd hit the Teeth of Oceans, which is a outcropping of jagged peaks in the middle of the ocean. You know those waters. I know well. those. I know those. It is where we are in, when we are paratas, we were to use this. I tell uh, I, I, I I quickly take in what's going on. Dante looks over to Fisheye and goes, "We head to the teeth, to the Marrakis. It is the only way, Signore. I can I can get us through there. Do you trust me?" Fisheye stares at you with his one big eye for a moment and then nods before cranking the the wheel and heading now in your guys' new direction. He begins barking out orders as he does so. So we had 
Gordon, you had been assigned the sails. Ropes, yeah, that. Yeah, so you're doing sailing. So you're going to have to go ahead and do a strength check. No problem. Hold on, please. Hold on. 21. 21. So you he shouts out these orders, and you begin turning the sails. It's like, oh, it's been a couple days since you were last on the ship, but, you know, last time you were on this, you got drug underwater for quite some time. Oh, um, yeah, I remember that. So it's all coming back to you what not to do. Gotcha. So you, you, you pull the sails, and you, you get it locked and loaded. And you guys are muscle memory. Uh, yeah. Um, so that leaves Killian, you and CJ are sort of standing there. You know that there are three ships following behind. You know that Roger is unconscious below deck. And uh, well, we'll just go ahead and clear the air here. Also, Toby died maybe about half an hour, less than half an hour ago, or so you think. And uh, Federax showed up and took over the entire city. So we're not doing super great. No, you guys are kind of coming off of your uh, um, Empire Strikes Back moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you guys, this is this is your Empire Strikes Back moment. So wait, my father is dead. How are we going to find the fat cat? <laughs> Named Jabba. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Jabba. Jabba the Mutt. Oh. Stop. Jones, <laughs> Subway sandwich. I love it. Um, we're turning this into a Star Wars podcast. <laughs> I'll get so, those books out. <laughs> so uh, that's where you guys are at. What do you want to do? So you have Dante with navigating with Fisheye. Gordon is uh, hoisting the sails. What are you two doing? I turn and look at Fisheye and yell. Well, so before I turn and look at Fisheye, is there a crow's nest? Yes. Turn and look at Fisheye and say, I'm headed up. All right. That's where you see so you wiggle your way up there. Yeah. All right. Are you going to fly or are you going to climb? Um, I'm going to try to fly. <laughs> okay. And I'm see if my, my wing is working at this point. Because that worked okay. out so well last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give me, just to give give me an athletics check. Just one to see how, how well you do. Athletics. 12. Yeah, you, it hurts. It's, you're lucky you're just going up to the crow's nest, but you are in a storm also, so you're just kind of hoping that it's only difficult because of the winds. Yeah. Um, and then CJ. Huh, well, pretty damn useless on this boat. <laughs> uh, hmm. Well, I'll, uh, I'll walk up to Fisheye, but, you know, all cool. You should, it, it should also, man just friend. to, <laughs> your man friend, uh, Roger is dying below deck. Oh, wait, what? Oh. <laughs> well, you remember he... He got... He <laughs> I got did just want to put that up. Yes. He got cut Sorry, up. And, thank you for reminding me of everything that had <laughs> just happened. Roger's dying below deck well, while you're flirting with Fisheye. To be fair, a lot of stuff happened between the last it's time we recorded. It's been a few months. It's a few months. We went through a really, really hard time. We went through a hard, like, two and a half... I haven't even fully processed losing... Losing Toby! 
took me a second to remember his name, but I did. I know. It is a hard time for Roger, too, as he lays bleeding. And <laughs> I will go downstairs. Okay, here. So, thank you for reminding me, almighty GM. Uh, so, I stand around and go, oh, fuck, Roger. And then I run downstairs, <laughs> or run down to the bottom of the ship, rather, to okay. get close to him. That's going right. to be a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, so fuck, you Roger. you rush down. Oh fuck, Roger! You rush down below deck, and uh, as the sea, the the ship is kicking and bucking and going in different directions, and you see him. He's he's in a uh, a hammock that's been built up to be like a you know a triage the best they can. He's covered in blankets, and and you had no time to bandage anything, so he's just kind of bleeding. All over the uh, all over the deck, you can see how many wounds he actually has. He has broken arrows in his his body. He has knife stab wounds. He has slashes. He has his uh, the, the damage he did to himself, a uh, cut across his uh, his chest, and he lays there, just tongue lolling out of his mouth, off to the the side. Oh, uh, clearly in a bad spot. Yes. Um. So would CJ? Because she would she. Uh, mm. that totem would be able to help me in this situation, but it would only help him with his HP, right? Like, uh, well, yes. So there's an interesting, it's an interesting idea of what HP actually means. That's yeah. And, um, at the very, at the very least it wouldn't hurt. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to, but then I could also start like actually tending to his wounds. Cause I'm sure just like the surface level stuff wouldn't matter, so I could at least try to sew him up, try to do something. Well, go ahead and do both. So go ahead okay. and uh, make the two different checks. So go ahead and do the healing one first. Yeah. Alright, so healing... Ah! I rolled a 19, so 24. 24. Okay, so this is just going to be dealing with, like, his his, uh, his the healing check and all that crap. Yeah. So you're 24. You are cleaning the wounds the best you can. You're... Luckily, you know, the rain had done most to keep the grime and the grit out of a lot of these but he's he's in really bad shape his skin as you're looking closer is most of these cuts are on top of already healed scar tissue it's a majority of his his body already is just this sort of scarred leathery hide patches of you know huge clumps of just these massive hunks of fur just missing from his body um, from these these old wounds so you you managed to clean up and, and stitch up a lot of these these open things, doing your best. But he's he's lost a lot of blood and he's in in bad shape. So go ahead and do you're going to do the, the the bird totem. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and roll for. You don't have to roll the hit. Just go ahead and roll the the healing. So it's a, a D eight now. All right. I roll seven. So that was. And then plus your. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. The new. 12. 12 damage. All right. So you you push you put this this totem to his skin and the the soft light envelops him and you can see some of the, the his wounds starting to to clean up and and get um get healed. And you watch as he stirs momentarily, but he he doesn't come back from whatever is keeping him under. Now, you're not sure what happened to him, but he's very clearly hurt very badly. And he's either you're in a coma 
He's not dead. Mm-hmm. But he's not. But he's just unconscious. Yeah. So there's. And you think you've you've stabilized the major wounds. If there's anything going on inside of him, there's not much else you can do. Yeah. If there's if there's like internal bleeding or whichever, it's just not. I can't do anything about it. Okay. So I've tried to do everything I can. He's out, but I've cleaned him up. He's stabilized. Yeah. So. Uh, you're you're down below deck. So all of you are kind of just. What's the plan? What now? It's all that's what's running through all of your heads. Maybe less so, Killian. Killian, you're you're don't really you're not sure what's going on. Honestly, you haven't really been let in on the know of the plan, as it were. But it's all kind of going through all of your heads. Is what now? Dante's just focused on escape right now. Same with Gordon. Gordon's basically doing whatever he can, what his strength can do for the ship to get farther away. Um. Yeah, because there's these their ships are ba- are ships for uh, offense on water, and I don't think ours is exactly. No, that uh, you remember when Fisheye brought you aboard, he. This is not a uh, an, uh, a warship. What do you call it? A warship. It's it, the, you guys have some defense, but not much. The only thing you guys have above them is maybe your speed, which is critical in this case, especially where um, we're going. Yes. Oh, in that case, I'm going to scream out to Dante. Dante, where are we going? You don't want to know. What? We are going. I, we are going towards the monarchies. It's the only place safe for us this time. Uh, okay. How we are getting there? That's not bad. How we're getting there? However, well, we'll talk about it later. I'm kind of no, busy I, right I, now. I, what? Wait, no, <laughs> no, hold on. <laughs> so as you guys sail it seems like you have you're stuck because the storm follows you one of these ships is casting this storm it's not as terrible and and shattering as the storm that encircled the island because that was a combined effort of many of Federax's mages this storm is still hindering you as much as it is helping them you are faster than they are but with this storm, their bigger ships are able to catch the wind and they're able to utilize it. So while you are ahead, you maintain the lead, they're not far behind you. Dante is going to, because I mean, he doesn't have to like, stick, we're, not, we're not to the teeth yet, right? Not quite, no. Dante's going to come down from where he's working, or if he's not by him, he's going to go over to Fisheye. He says, Capitano, um... Whatever they are conjuring over there is going to cause problems, especially as we get closer to the teeth. Do you think perhaps our gunners and looks over at... We have one already, but it looks like... And points over to CJ. But it looks like we might have another. If they can perhaps stop whoever is conjuring this storm, it might give us the advantage we need. Is CJ visible? <laughs> well, See, oh, sorry, sorry. CJ, he, po- he points down to, like, where she was. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Fisheye ponders for a moment. He says, I could work. You say you could get us through the teeth? Let's just say I... See, I I have been there many a time. Let's say we... Uh, you sound a little bit like JFK. Let's say you're... Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I gotta get back from that say one second. Say chowda. Say <laughs> I'm gonna enjoy this, Frenchie. Um... All right. 
Let's say once we get into the teeth, we lay a little trap. I like this. See. So, before... I mean, it's... The sky is dark above you, and the pace is intense. The diff... the It's a day's journey... Day, day or two journey from the... Uh, the mainland of Pugmire to get to the Teeth of Oceans, and then another day after that to get to Monarchies. It's not a short trip. No, this is a long slog, but I mean, at this point, Dante's thinking we need to keep on top of this or else we're going to lose any sort of advantage we have. Exactly. But it's just, just setting the scene. This is intense. For the better part, For the better part of 20 hours... You are all on deck and working and doing your best to get away from these these ships. So, uh, I'm going to do a traverse check. Yep, if that would be appropriate. Yes, everyone. What I I'm going to do. So, what are you doing the traverse check for? Just for the the sailing. Just for the sailing, basically, just as a constitution check of this traverse, is to keep on moving, you know, back and forth. At this point, I can do a straight con, or I can use traverse if you would allow it. Mainly because of the long shifts we're going to have to be doing. So that's what I that's what I was going to have everybody do. So everybody, go ahead and do either constitution or uh, traverse, whichever you prefer, to see how you are handling being up and forced to work this long. Uh, check or save? Mm. Uh, we're going to go ahead and do a check. 14. 16 14. plus 6, 22. 14 for Gordon? <laughs> 8 for CJ. Okay, she 8 for CJ. It. Oh, yes, uh, she does. 17. All right. And then Modify I'll 22 for Dante. I'll roll for Bjorn. Okay. And then Fisheye. All right. Everyone here, with the exception of CJ and Bjorn, saved their or manages manages to push through their sleepiness, their exhaustion. Unfortunately, CJ, yes. you are going to take disadvantage mm. on wisdom checks oh. and dexterity checks. And intelligence My checks God. until you take a nap. Uh, oh, so so I get to be, I'm going to be bitchy. Yes. Also, so is Bjorn. Oh, we're both going to be big bitches. Yay! Going to be. <clears throat> <laughs> okay. So just make sure you guys remember that. Yes. Before, before too long from the storm, and it's sort of surreal because off in the distance. As the night turns to day, you can see the open ocean uh, off like some miles away, bright and shiny. But just you under the storm where you are now, because of this this magic causing this, it's it sort, of, it sort of sets this surreal where your section, your chunk of the water is choppy and full of waves. And there's, Not storm, that far clouds, there are storm clouds above us. Yep. I mean, we are used to this. We travel with CJ. But, uh... <laughs> oh, ha, ha, ha. I'm getting them in where I can. So it it definitely is. It's not the case of uh, whether the most of this looks to be it's conjured by whatever is on their ship. Yeah. And on the horizon, a site that you are very familiar with, Dante, 
You've seen it. Um, I'm not sure anybody else has. The Teeth of Oceans. Gordon has it. Every yeah, Gordon definitely has not. <laughs> um, He's terrified. <laughs> yeah, it's these enormous jagged peaks that jut out from the water with no no land this these aren't islands these are just mountains tall pointed and sharp erupting from the water Dante. And down below at <laughs> down below at the base of the water you can see tiny paths that look like a ship could fit through. I, I'm going to be mixed too, because I imagined uh, Fisheye is is uh, piloting. Yes. So I will be right with him. Is um is Dante? Or I, I'll in the front of the ship. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Is Dante within screaming distance? Yes. Everyone, I believe, is on deck. Okay, Dante. I'm a bit busy. Oh, no, no, you're not. No, you're not. Not for this one. Not for this one right here. Hey, uh, those sharp, jagged rocks that those mountains over there that just look like 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 I could get tetanus from just standing too close to it. We're not going through there, are we? See, was this? That's why I'm it? busy. <laughs> We're gonna have a big conversation after this. <laughs> I'd just like to mention, uh, you can't get tetanus from a rock. I'm gonna just glare at Killian. I'm not gonna say it. Goddamn thing to him. I'm just gonna stare at him, continue to do what he's doing. Gordon, I have been through here before. My <laughs> ships had. My ship, several of them I have worked with, we hid from either Pugmire Navy or the Monarchy Navy in here. It's so narrow. And I can't. I learned the way. I learned to navigate here through my papa. Do not. You want to doubt me? Fine. You do not doubt. I'm not doubting you. I'm just doubting my own personal chances of surviving this. Then do me a favor, signore. What? You do your job, I'll do mine, eh? Okay. So as you sail closer, and the looming mountains get closer and closer as well. Dante, you remember down that map that fish I had uh, in his quarters, that the map of the, the globe and the, the sailing... Um, the pathways and things and you remember seeing the teeth of oceans and you remember seeing what was written underneath them here there be pirates Thank you for listening to Dice Hooligans. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. All you have to do is search for Dice Hooligans. Thank you. Please write and write a review. We would really appreciate it.